and welcome to Medicine in the Kitchen, where we empower you with simple solutions to everyday health concerns. Welcome back to Medicine in the Kitchen, episode 61, and the first episode of season four. Once again, I'm Felicia. And I'm Jesus, and we're your guys to empower health. So today we're doing a bit of a reintroduction. This is our first episode of season four, which is super exciting. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about some of our favorite topics, tangents, what's to come in season four. And we're even more excited because we have a really special guest joining us today, one of our, one of our listeners who's been with us for, for, has it been since the beginning of our yeah, I'd say I I started um, uh, listening to uh, Medicine in the Kitchen about season two. Okay, yeah, so a couple seasons, um, and we're we're really excited to to hear kind of what you think and and your ideas on that. But before we get too into that, do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah. Um, well, I'd like to say first, uh, thank you both for having me on your podcast. It's an honor. Thank you for being here and thank you for listening. Yes, exactly. Um, uh, my name is Jamar. I went to school for um, Earth and Environmental Science and Biology. Um, I now operate a gardening and lawn care company and uh, I consider myself a naturopath enthusiast. And I'm an avid subscriber to Medicine in the Kitchen. Yay! Amazing! <laughs> One of the questions that I think we kind of ask at the beginning of every season is, what do we mean by Medicine in the Kitchen? Um, so I think it'd be kind of cool to, to get your opinion on, on what Medicine in the Kitchen means to you. Uh, so as a naturopath enthusiast, I'd say medicine in the kitchen uh, for me is about empowering myself with uh, the knowledge of health benefits associated with consuming certain foods um, just to ultimately make a better decision when it comes to my diet because I am what I eat. Mm -hmm. But um, from another perspective, if I, uh, medicine in the kitchen, it would be more about um, finding things that are in my kitchen or easily accessible, let's say at the grocery store to help. The whole ginger thing, eh? <laughs> yeah. Our slight obsession with that route. Yes, we are. We're quite aware, aware of that. Ginger is always the, the first thing I uh, go to. <laughs> ginger is amazing. And we're glad that, you know, that's. That's what medicine in the kitchen means to you. I mean, that's kind of hoping to achieve in a way. Yeah, I think you guys did a great job at that, actually. Thank you. Um, the uh, recipes you guys give, and you guys also um, go beyond uh, medicine in the kitchen because everything is connected, right? If if you're eating all the right stuff but not, uh, uh, let's say, working out or you know, movement and activity. Yes, yeah, the whole mind, body, and soul kind of thing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I love too that we kind of um, we kind of started with medicine in the kitchen, but we kind of had this idea of sort of 
sitting around a kitchen table and, and talking about health topics. That's kind of bringing everything together. Mm -hmm. So if you guys don't mind, I just have uh, one uh, question to ask you right now. Sure. Mm -hmm. So what inspired you both to uh, create medicine in the kitchen? That's a great question. Hazel, did you want to take start on that one? Oh, okay. I'll go first then. <laughs> so I guess for us, well, at least for me, um, was I wanted to do a podcast for a while, a lot of people, and it always came down to the same thing of like, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to eat or like, how can any of this help me? And I'm like, wow. So we're lacking a bit of the education, but as soon as you give them like, say, articles or something, people tend to shut down. So, um, but when you're having a conversation, like we're saying over a chin, suddenly everybody tends to pay attention. So we, I figured why not do something that's like friendly having a nice cup of coffee or whatever and discussing topics that they might be interested in, right? And having Felicia beside me allows me to discuss a lot of other topics because there are sometimes stuff that I'm not fully and she knows more about it and I feel that sometimes she has some things that I might be able to cover better and so on and so forth. So when we met, as we stated before, they, uh, what was it? Um, speed dating event speed that's right mm -hmm. <laughs> we we just clicked and then we we're like you know what let's do this so to me that's that's what inspired me to start you know helping others and in a way this has also helped me with my own healing and my own journey and yeah Hazel I feel like you covered it pretty well um we both sort of have a passion for healthcare and um and food and as medicine so when we met it was we talked about it so much and then we met you up for coffee um i, I don't I don't know if you mentioned that part but we met up for coffee after the speed dating event and i think we like hung out for three hours and just conversation just flowed so a podcast seemed like the next best step to sort of share share that information pretty much yeah that's really cool it's really nice that um you guys can come from different perspectives on the same topics and also bring other people in to speak on same topics from different perspectives I think that's very cool meeting different people and hearing different perspectives i just feel like there's so much learning involved and it's it's really awesome that that people are willing to come join us Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's really cool. All so right. do you want to tell us maybe like, uh, sorry, Felicia, I didn't mean to cut you off, but um, <laughs> do you want to tell us a bit of your, some of your favorite episodes or any random tangent that definitely caught your interest? Oh, yeah. So, um, so he made um, notes, guys. He was prepared for this. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I'd say the, the highlight of the season for me was um, the amount of uh, time that was taken to speak on um, movement and exercise. I feel like that's very important in um, this day and age, especially when we're dealing with all of the mental health complications and stuff like that. Uh, because working out and exercising 
into the moment, but it's all activities like cooking and stuff like that. But uh, exercising really forces you into that that moment, so properly balanced, so you're not really. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree. Yeah. Um. I also thought that it was uh, interesting uh, when you guys were talking about the uh, almond milk. I forget what it was, and how no matter how long you cool almond milk for, it always stays warm. I have the same problem. It's like the okay. Farther- yeah. Oh, it's exciting to find someone else who noticed that. It was that was like the hardest thing I found when I was trying to transition off of. Uh, regular milk because um i usually just have milk with uh cereal and stuff like that so when i would when i did like room temperature even if i put the almond milk in the f- everything i tried everything and it always tasted the same temperature yeah have you have you found any other milks that taste colder because i feel like even oat milk tastes a little bit warm yeah oat, oat milk was a problem um, the only milk I've tried that hasn't was uh, soy milk. Soy milk. I was gonna say soy. Yeah, soy milk is the only one I found that uh, that that actually can stay cold. It just has a uh, has a taste to it, an acquired taste, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's true. But all the all the plant based milks tend to have a slight taste to them. Oh yeah, for sure. I like the acquired taste way of looking at it. Um, I thought it was pretty mind blowing when um, I believe it was a Kines podcast, and she was talking about how uh, you lose three um, percent of your muscle mass per decade. I thought that. Yeah. 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 When was... I learned that at school, it was like, whew, okay, gotta stay active. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy to think about. Um, it was also a very important point too that she that working out um causes you to slow down muscle loss, but also um when you're working out, I guess when you continue to work out, it can reverse it and you start building the muscle now. So it's it's um if you're looking to improve and you think that um, you know you're you're just living and your body's just going to waste every day. So it's, it's a pretty good uh, point to make. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And, and I, that was, I believe that's Julie you're talking about that. Yes. Ethiologist. Yeah. And it was, it was really cool how she like presented us with this crazy fact and it was like, Oh no, that's terrifying. But then she also, (laughs) she also continued with, it doesn't have to be that way. And there are things that you can do to, to prevent that and, and even surpass that, like you're saying, building muscle mass as opposed to losing or just maintaining. Exactly. That's very powerful because, you know, you, she points out a problem and she also shows you a solution to said problem. So very cool. Mm-hmm. Moments that had me scratching my head in this um season i'd say was uh the facial massage podcast Mm -hmm. i never thought too much about facial massages i thought they were a waste of time um you know and usually you i'd see just the women in my family doing a whole bunch of facial stuff 
But uh, yesterday it was my birthday and um, I got to go get a massage from a, and around the ending of the massage, she started uh, doing stuff to my face and I was hearing like air bubbles in my face and all these things that I didn't even know was there. And after, even even now today, uh, when I'm breathing, I could feel like my breath in my cheeks and in my forehead. So it it was really a a mind changing experience. That's well, amazing. Happy related birthday to start yeah. off with. I was just gonna say that happy happy belated birthday. And that's amazing that you had that experience. Yeah, I I didn't even know that uh, I would have I could feel air bubbles in my forehead and stuff like that. It was it was really crazy. But at least you uh, try it out. It's not just us going off about like beauty routines. There's actually something behind it, and it's good. Like you get to see that and experience it all at the same time. Right, like when I believe it was Felicia, she was talking about. Um, facial massages in the morning and how to get your day started and how it um, makes you more calm throughout the day. Well, after the massage yesterday, I felt exactly that. It was something I even had to think of my face more often. Should I do it in the morning to get my day started, to be more relaxed with the day? And I say yes. (laughs) Why not? I know. Yeah. Yeah. That's super cool. And it's, it's something that's so simple that like like you mentioned with your like you see women in your family doing it and it looks so simple and like that doesn't do anything but it's so simple and so powerful right i also got to thinking like um canada the seasons are always changing um and regardless of the seasons always changing it's my face that is always exposed to the weather Mm-hmm. Degrees, it goes all the way to the 40 degrees so my face experiences it all so I don't know why I never put the two together like maybe you should uh, treat your face a little better mm-hmm. it happens to all of us you know we, we just it's right there it's literally staring us in the face and we're just like nah so so it's all good I'm, I'm glad that you know you're seeing it in this considering changing about it and trying to treat your face nicer to handle the weather right <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i think um renee talked about that a bit i can't remember if she was season three or season two um the the makeup artist yes yes she is the makeup mm-hmm. she talked about protecting your face against the elements too which yeah we don't really think about but when you think about it it's like oh yeah like our crazy minus 20 degree weather with wind is is going to affect your skin a bit if it's not covered or protected. Exactly. That's Anything awesome. else that had you scratching your head? That was uh, really it. Um, oh, um, I just had a like anecdotal story about um, my run-in with uh, H. pylori and how it all ties to these uh, my um, health journey. Yeah, I was going to say I believe in in our prep call you. You had a personal connection that that led you to your health journey. I'm, I'm super interested in hearing about that. Yeah, so um, a couple of years ago, um, I, I went and got takeout. And um, the next day after eating the takeout, I, I wasn't feeling too well. Like my, my appetite was gone. Um, 
and I started burping a lot and my appetite from that point forward I lost my appetite for a solid three days um dry heave to vomit and nothing but I would I was constantly burping so um the next day I go to the grocery store um the pharmacist sees that I'm looking at uh, a bunch of things in the pharmaceutical aisle and um he asked me I tell him and he uh gives me uh like a acid reflex I take the tums nothing really happens it makes me feel good for about 5 minutes so I go to another grocery store and hopefully to see if uh, another pharmacist will pop um this pharmacist tells me that uh I have some sort of infection and I need antibiotics but the only way to get is to get a prescription I wasn't really interested in going to um the doctors at this point I thought I could try to manage it on my own so um I go back home I see that it's possible that uh, I have H pylori based on my symptoms from a lot of burping I feel tightness around in my uh throat uh, esophagus area so researching about uh, h pylori and i see that it is bacteria you can contract from and what this bacteria does is it actually burrows in your stomach lining and releases uh ammonia mm -hmm. so with all of that uh, ammonia being released uh it was causing me to burp it all up then i started going on the computer to look at uh you know natural remedies to try to fight this um until i came across a couple like scientific papers that uh tested a bunch of uh culinary herbs to uh combat the um adhes adhesion of and uh i didn't read the on it i just tried to see all the in, the important parts but uh they had this nice table on there that uh listed all of the the herbs and spices that they tested each pylori so based on the table i picked like the five uh five uh, strongest herbs and spices that they had on there to went to the grocery store i I bought all of uh, the ingredients they listed from the produce section. Uh I drank this for about uh 2 days and I was fine after that. I was fine after the first day of drinking it, but I just thought I should carry on. So probably my most uh eye-opening experience with medicine in the kitchen. Do you remember the herbs that you used? Oh, yes. Um be because I do a uh, lawn care and gardening um one of my clients actually um I was at her home one day and she's telling me how um she's been vomiting for the past couple days and how she ate a piece of uh like bad chicken and how she has no appetite so I gave her the list and it worked for her too so yeah um it it's it's uh ginger oddly enough <laughs> um so high chili right um fresh ro is it no it's um sage fresh sage mm -hmm. uh fresh turmeric uh parsley 
and garlic. Now, the interesting thing that I found from all of these um, herbs and spices I gathered was in cultures, in certain cultures, in many cultures, these were regular herbs and spices that you use every day. Yeah, and I, I feel like that really speaks to the prevention of things. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Every, like, um, I had this, um, I was on, when I first started my health journey and I was trying to um, lose weight and stuff like that, I, I was really heavy on trying to go vegan and cut out meat. Then when I, when I did cut out the meat, I started, like over time, I maybe got a little more sick than I felt like I normally do. And I started to realize that when I did cut out the meat, I cut out all of the herbs and spices, a coincidence. So I wasn't eating as much of chilies and gingers and all these uh, types of stuff. Interesting. Yeah, very like high vitamin C and all that good stuff for your gut. Exactly. So that's when I started to realize like me, it, it's, uh, it's it, every life is about perspectives. And the perspective I got from that was, you know, even though meat uh, has these acidic properties in the body, it is also a conduit for all of these other herbs and spices that we just be eating. Because I've never seen anyone just eat a piece of ginger and stuff like that, you know? Oh, man, you don't know me. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. My goodness. I just picture you in the corner munching on a ginger root. (laughs) I would so do that, too. I do that with cinnamon too. I just grab a second like. <laughs> well, you definitely have um, a more accustomed palate than I do because even just like a small piece of me is like, ooh, that's a lot. <laughs> but it doesn't mean that you know for your vegetables you can't spice them up. Like for sure, I know there's uh, this lovely cucumber. It's not really pickled, but semi-pickled cucumber. You add lots of chili flakes, you add ginger, you add garlic to it. So you can definitely spice up a lot of vegetables and still get those uh, wonderful herbs and like different spices into it and get the prevention without cutting out the meat. I mean, with while cutting out the meat. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I like, I like that you mentioned perspectives, Jamar, because I... I think that's important to maybe at a certain time, veganism or vegetarianism is the right thing for you. And then that might change. Exactly. It doesn't mean you were wrong in your, in your thinking that uh, this is right for you. It's just the timing. So, you know, you can always adopt a new perspective based on your understanding of things in the future. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And how your body reacts to all these things. Exactly. Um, and I also, you mentioned your, your lawn care and gardening business. I feel like, do you find that that sort of helps you connect with nature as well? Because it seems like you would be spending a lot of time outside with plants. Do you see like herbal gardens at all? Or is it more just sort of um, the, the lawns and the grass and, and all that? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, the app uh, PlantNet has helped me so much identifying things in people that they didn't know that they had oh um, that's so cool yeah it's it's very interesting a lot of uh, mushrooms as well 
there's, there's just so much. Be, and it's great because um, uh, gardening and lawn care has um, exposed me to so many people that I would have never met in my life. Mm. See all these different individuals and how they uh, garden or how they take care of their their land. It's it's interesting to see the insignificance of different uh, plants to to people. A lot. Some people focus more on ornamental. Uh, some people I've noticed focus more on for the food aspect. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting. That sounds super cool. That. Again, with perspectives, that would give you so many different perspectives. Yeah. And it, it is funny how, like, one thing can be super valuable to someone and a weed to someone else. Exactly. Like, um, my family, um, half of my family, uh, my father's side comes from Jamaica. And over there, they have this plant called Kalaloo. And I'm still struggling to figure out what the uh, name is here in Canada. But all I know is in Ontario, it grows as a weed, uh, disturbed land. It could be lamb's quarter or pigweed, I think it is here. Oh, yeah, that's an exciting weed that I get excited about. Yeah, my family loves it, eats it all the time. Me, I eat it all the time. So um, my family used to tell me that they would... uh, they would think they would go in like undisturbed or disturbed lands, I mean, or um, they'd know like friends and they'd go in their backyard and see just a whole bunch of it and they would they would pick it and and eat it, sell it. Yeah, that's that's incredible because yeah, you see that you see that everywhere, especially in the summer. Like even I feel like it grows like in between sidewalk cracks and it's it's everywhere i see it in my garden all the time and and people are wanting to get rid of it but yeah you could totally eat it it's crazy how much um how much food is just around us growing what anything that we think are are weeds and stuff like that there there's some type of benefit to it not all but um there's a lot there's a great portion of it's like dandelion that's like the first weed to pop up in the season um it it's it's everywhere at one point every year it's everywhere mm-hmm. yeah and there's so many benefits as we're talking about this i'm like i don't think we've done a podcast episode on weeds yet that might be something in the future. that would be an interesting For sure <laughs> yeah and we would if you're up to coming back i feel like you would be a great a great expert on that <laughs> I you know, I feel like Jamar and Milana should come join us for that one. Yes, yes. If you're up for it, Jamar, I think that's a done deal. Oh yeah, that'd be real cool. Awesome. So, since we're already on the topic about what we want to learn in the future, is there anything specific, Jamar, that you would like to learn? Um. Yeah, I think. Uh, the the body's very complex and stuff like that. Um, it would be cool to get a little breakdown of maybe certain things in the body because um, we can learn all day about herbs and spices, but um, I think it's very empowering to understand the mechanisms in your body in which they it takes place so that um, these things can benefit you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I saw that as you described your 
your experience with H. pylori. It was, I, I could hear the excitement in your voice as you kind of went through the whole physiological process of that because it sounds like you were sort of discovering along the way. Um, exactly. Mm -hmm. I, a lot of people can, um, especially when people aren't feeling well or when they're pressured, I feel like that's when people do the most learning is when they're forced to do it. So I was forced to, to do this learning because I was unwell and I wanted to get back to a healthy state on my own. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like a, a jumping off place, almost like a springboard into health. Exactly. Awesome. And you, you talked a little Did you have bit. A, sorry, what were you saying? I was going to say, you talked a little bit about mushrooms, and that's something that we'll be doing a little bit more in season four, too. Um, yes. But you growing your own, and I'm curious to hear a little bit more about that. Oh, yeah. Um, so right now I'm working on a project where I... I just got uh, mushrooms from the grocery store and I'm trying to see if I could um, grow, get actual mushrooms out of them. Um, so right now there, I would say there's like three stages to mushroom growing. And the first one is um, putting them on a Petri dish. Um, after that is the grain spawn. And after that is a uh, substrate. So right now, stage, um, I just checked them this morning. They look fully colonized, so I should be transferring to uh, to grains today. And um, I I looked online. There was one guy who was able to grow grocery store mushrooms uh, seven years ago. So um, I just wanted to uh, see if it could be done once again because there there isn't too much uh, footage of it. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Is do you are you recording this somewhere, like posting it somewhere? Can people? Oh yeah. Um. So right now, uh, I uh, set up a little laboratory in my apartment and uh, GoPro connected to it. So I've been recording every time I I do the the lab work, like um. Because it, it, everything is very sterile when it comes to mushroom growing because the fungus are in this great competition with bacteria in order to colonize something. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I have it uh, recorded. I plan on putting it out uh, as soon as I get uh, the mushrooms to fully grow. So hopefully, I'm thinking a month and a half is my estimation. But, uh, yeah, you guys will be the first ones to get the link on that. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah, that's super cool. That is like prime medicine in the kitchen. Exactly. And I've um all the materials I've used to uh to start this project has been all local. Like I just go to the grocery store and pick up things and bulk barn and stuff like that. So I'm I'm really trying to see if it could be done without ordering um all these ex uh hard to find ingredients and stuff like that yeah. an accessible way of growing mushrooms exactly more accessible yeah did you have any other questions for us at all uh yeah so um i'd like to know what types of changes has um your journey through health and 
even this uh, podcast, Medicine in the Kitchen, how has it encouraged you to make uh, uh, changes in your diet or your overall lifestyle? What types of changes has it encouraged you to make? Felicia, do you want to go first this time? Sure. Um, another great question. Um, yeah, I think my health journey, everyone's health journey, I guess, has kind of been through their whole life. Um, but with medicine in the kitchen, I feel like that was almost another step on the health journey. And I've learned so much from guests that we've had on our podcast. Hizul is a lot of knowledge as well. And it's, it's very inspiring to talk to other people who are also excited about their health journeys. And I find after an episode, I'm, I'm inspired to, for example, the face massage episode, I had kind of followed up doing my routine of face massages and that brought it back in. And even in terms of food and eating and different meal ideas, Hazel always has these like incredible meal ideas. And I'm like, ooh, I want to try that. So that that's definitely um, helped me on my journey as well. Just sort of trying different things or the holiday drink is, a, is one of my favorite examples because was talking about her her punch and then I got to try it and I wanted to make it myself and shared the recipe with someone else who made it so I really like that aspect of sharing health as well um yeah and I I think that's I think the inspiration that comes from sharing and the and the knowledge that comes from learning from, from other people really has had the biggest impact on me from from doing medicine in the kitchen. That's yeah. true, and like you've pointed out a lot of great stuff that I have to agree with. <laughs> um, yeah, collaboration goes uh, a long way. Mm -hmm. It really mm -hmm. does. Yeah, and and yeah, we're we're all learning from each other. I mean, I love the fact that, you know, sometimes the people that come here have a completely different perspective on things. And at the same time, I'm like, we're talking about the same thing. And in the end, it's the same stuff, just different wording, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the biggest one for that was, was, I think, maybe back in our first season where we had the spirituality episode. Yes. And we had, like... Uh, was it seven people? Is yes, we had a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, and everyone was from a different, like, I guess kind of subscribed to a different spiritual philosophy might be a good way to describe it. Uh, mm -hmm. But we all had common ground and, and common conversation. And I don't think anyone left that episode being like, those people were wrong. It was like, oh, they look at things differently than I do. But we're all at the end of the day. Yeah, we're all trying to accomplish the same thing. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess for my journey, I've always well, my parents have always tried to like focus on like us eating healthy and making sure that we always ate our our medicine in a way. But it, they didn't fully have all the knowledge for it. Even my grandfather, he always healed with herbs and different things. So we've all kind of dabbled a little bit in herbal medicine without fully knowing 
or practicing it professionally. And it kind of pushed me to really seek that out as I kept growing up. And now that I am a holistic nutritionist, I come back and I'm like, okay, mom, that's not bad, but how about we take this out and add this instead kind of thing, right? So I've tried to like make my family a little bit more conscious about their gut health. And my dad used to be all antibiotics. Oh, you're sick? Antibiotics. And I'm like, no, 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 dad. Like you can't just throw antibiotics. You have to consider all these other options. And I guess the one part that we never really thought about was the connection between gut and brain, which is something that I tend to really focus on when it comes to like my family, obviously with my um, patients as well and all my clients, but I super like focus on that with my family because I want to make sure that we're healthy, that our journey is going well, because I want to be able to say like, yes, this works. Yes, I can guide other people. You know what I mean in that sort of way? And um, I, I guess that's where I mainly focus on and throughout medicine in the kitchen. One of the things that I, well, two things I realized is some of the stuff I thought was normal for me is not normal. And other people are also experiencing it as well. And I shouldn't be ashamed of certain stuff, right? And the other part is I have neglected a lot, not my spiritual health per se, but more the emotional side of like my own health. And I thought I was handling it well. And the more I talked to people through the podcast, through different things, I realized that I should like leave a little bit of my gut healing because I'm doing great in that department. But I should leave a little bit of that and focus on the emotional part because emotions play a huge role on different organs. Like we talked about with Felicia, because gosh, she knows so much about this, like anger and the liver and fear in the kidneys and stuff like that. So it makes me, what's it in the lungs? Uh, fear in the kidneys. Okay. But anyways, Oh, I got it. All right. Awesome. So like, it's stuff like that where I'm like, well, what about if all these emotions I have, let's say trapped inside, how are they impacting those organs that I've been trying to work on through food, through exercise, through different means? What if it's the emotion that's keeping that organ from performing as well as it should be, you know? So it's really opened my eyes to that side of healing and it's making me go towards that side of my own health journey. Wow, I never thought of it like that, the whole emotions with uh, your organs. Yeah, I think I think that's when you kind of like you're you're now taking like a fully holistic approach and holistic I, I feel like can come to mean so many things, but mm-hmm. without the I think without the emotional piece of things, you're you're, if you're kind of not looking at the emotions, you're not looking at the, the whole body because emotions are kind of part of that, if that makes sense. Maybe we are looking at the whole body, but we're not looking at the whole human. Yes, yes, that sounds so much better. <laughs> <laughs> and see, this is why we work, because like we bounce off each other so well. So sometimes when Felicia points things out, I'm like, oh, oh, that clicks. I should try that out, you know? Mm-hmm. and it really helps having her there to like kind of as we talked for like when we did all those um seasons of the lungs and so the liver and so on and so forth 
it helps guide through things that I know and learn so much from her from areas that I'm not really sure of or have like barely touched upon. Likewise. Then we get amazing guests and listeners like you are. It becomes an even more magical thing. Yes. So just trying to keep on the topic of emotion, one of the craziest things I learned on this uh, season was uh, that most of your hormones were made in the gut. Mm-hmm. I thought that was uh, pretty wild. The fact that, uh, you know, all of these cascading events from even something I think as simple as constipation and how it impacts so many other processes. And- yep, yep. And then all, uh, you know, if all the, the hormones, um, you were, we were just talking about antibiotics, uh, biotics, it, they don't even differ. They can't differentiate between your healthy bacteria or the. They just wreak havoc on everything. Mm-hmm. That's so, why you should take a probiotic, you know, a couple hours after an antibiotic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just learned something new again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's true though, and it it really highlights the impact of of one thing on all of the organ systems me to then to further think about um you know that my gut is making most of my hormones and it's based on um like uh, these bacterias and stuff in my stomach then what if my current bad cravings i have like ice cream or fast food then what if these cravings are also caused by the same things i think we actually talked about that Maybe season one cravings are like they, they usually match up with certain emotions or sweet. Oh, I don't remember. I, there's a really nice chart on Google, and it's like something's loneliness and sadness, and depending on what you crave, to certain emotion. I might have to go back to season. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that um, and that's a, a really good point. I do remember talking about it um, at some point. But there's there's sort of the traditional, like the TCM, and I think even in Ayurved- Ayurvedic medicine might be similar too, where like different cravings respond to different or give you indication about different organ systems, different emotions. But then even on sort of the Western side of things, so in, in um, something where your adrenals are burned up, for example, um, you might start craving salts. And there's, there's kind of a whole physiological process behind that. But then from just sort of the traditional view of things, it was okay if you're craving salt then we need to support your kidneys well, the adrenals are on the kidneys so it's it's kind of cool to see the parallels too between traditional and um sort of the western explanation of things and getting into sort of the mechanistic details mm-hmm. yeah, it's almost like a uh, rediscovery yes yes it is yeah that's a great way to put it <laughs> 
I find through recent and like spirituality and different aspects of health it's kind of really just a rediscovery of everything that we kind of sort of lost because whatever happened you know that's how I feel too yeah I I agree with that too and it's um it's almost like again like a different way of explaining it Um, Mm -hmm. explaining the same phenomena that is true and speak that language we can't understand that language so we go with the one that we we can relate with exactly i mean if you have any other questions for us we'll gladly take it if not i think it's a perfect spot to end the episode well i just want to congratulate uh, our fourth season now thank you so much and i can't wait to to listen for uh, the next podcast Awesome. Thank you so much for listening and thank you for joining us. You you had a lot of uh, interesting things to talk about and it's always great to to kind of hear how things are received by people listening and um, again, this was like a really great opportunity for introspection, I think, for even Hazel and I and questions that we, we haven't really thought about in a while. And mm-hmm. right, Thank you. And I think one of my favorite parts of usually we get feedback from women and this is really nice. Yeah, uh, this was great. Uh, I think everyone needs to listen to this. Thank you. Thanks so much. Anytime. We'll be back to talk about mushrooms with our mycologist, Jeff Chilton. You can support her more on our coffee page. It's Medicine in the Kitchen. You can rate, comment, and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Invite your friends to join our community and improve their health. You can follow us on our social media. Thank you for joining us. See you next time, and happy healing.